152 yards should be just a nice, comfortable nine iron for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. Yo, yo, what up, golf bettors? This is your weekly golf gambling club meeting. My name is Joe Idoni. Welcome into the Preferred Lines podcast, a golf gambling podcast where we're going to be covering the premier event of the fall swing, uh, the CJ Cup at Congaree Golf Club in just a few moments. Before we get into it, uh, must mention our sponsor, Fantasy Points Media Group, proud member of that group. They do tremendous NFL content. The promo code that you're looking for is lines 22. If you want to sign up with, I believe a 10% off a weekly, monthly, yearly, uh, whatever you want to do over there. NFL season's in full swing. Give them a shout. Here's what's on tap for tonight. I'm going to bring a special guest on. We're going to go over our golf guys of the week. We'll talk a little bit of a course preview cliff notes version of Congaree golf club. Uh, we will hit the entire odds board top to bottom. Uh, 78 players in the field this week for the CJ Cup. Should be a fun one. Looking forward to, to kind of getting his thoughts on the golf course. I'll give you my best bet of the week. We'll get out of here, hopefully in time for the start of this baseball game, if it ever starts. Now, without further ado, writer, contributor for Golf Digest, uh, host of the Be Right Pod, host of the Loop Pod. I got to get up. I got to ask him about this. Get up on the swing on the eggs. Viral sensation, an absolute master of videoing his own television screen and streaming that to the world for their pleasure. Welcome back to Preferred Lines, Chris Powers. What up, dude? I'm trying not to laugh out loud at that that description. That that was incredible. I appreciate it. <clears throat> How does it feel to uh, just clip your TV and get like two million views in a couple of days? It's it's an art. I think people underestimate it. It's timing based. It's got to know you know when to clip it, when uh, when to end the clip, what time to tweet it out, uh, how to how to caption it. So look, it's you know I'm an artist. What can I say? Viral artist. What are the benefits of going totally viral? Is it? I know it's not. Ca- like, are you picking up thousands of followers, or do people just watch and give you a like, and then they move right on? It's funny. I had a couple of buddies ask me that same question, and with the Brady one, which was two weeks ago now, um, when he kicked Grady Jarrett, not yeah. not crit, and that was a huge one that did three million views, bunch of impressions, not a ton of followers. Um, then the Costas one happens the other day, and I did the replied to it and said, "Hey, let, like, throw me a follow." And I think it worked. I got like a you know 150 new followers. So I guess you got to get on your knees and beg, even after you've gone viral for the world. Multiple times gone viral. <laughs> now hopefully we see a little bit of transference into one of what is one yeah. of the most electric segments on Twitter, the first round leader dart throw. What's the record? on the first round leader dart throw. Do we have a winner in the books yet? No. I okay. The thing is, um, I think it was BMW, whichever one Keegan was the first round leader. Um, I did, I bet three guys kind of as a joke, just because I, I wanted to bet three guys. And then I sent out the video and Steve, my, my uh, co-host Steve Hennessy replied, you got to put Keegan on it. I did end up betting Keegan at one. 
I don't think that counts as a dart throw, so I didn't count it towards the total. So if you're keeping score, I believe um, I did it for – I started it last year in Hawaii, so we're probably talking 30 events. We've had four or five, so we're over 35 right now. The good news about Twitter is no one really keeps score and if you're good at picks or whether you're not good at picks. Hopefully some new eyeballs on it this week. Um, let's talk a little bit about last week. I've been doing this new show, Chris. Um, really pumped about this. Golf Guy of the Week. It is an absolutely prestigious honor that we shall deem upon one player. I'll go first. And I'm going to say Ricky, man. It was just like... All right, I was reluctant on it. I've been waiting. I don't want to pump the you know gas in it too quickly, but I think we're there. Uh, a sixth and a second. He looks much better. Butch says he's on the way. He he basically did what, in my opinion, was the only feasible option for him to do, and that's blow it all up and start over. Fire the caddy. Fire the coach. Scrap everything and let's start from scratch. And it seems to be working. I saw today PGA Tour tweeted that he is three points away from surpassing his FedEx Cup points from all of last season already. Uh, I, I, I'm being somewhat sarcastic in nominating him <laughs> because he didn't win a second place finish. But I feel good about uh, somewhat of a resurgence. I'm not sure if we'll see a victory, but hopefully he's back in like the top 70 players in the world um, because we all we all love to see him there. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I actually, I know he didn't win, but I'm unbelievably encouraged by the second place finish. I think <clears throat> last year, if he even got into that position, he's shooting like 78, 77, even a yeah. few years ago. Um, he's kind of fallen off the face of the earth. So I know it wasn't what Ricky fans wanted and whatever he shot, even par, um, obviously not going to get it done on Sunday, but I think mm -hmm. it's a really large step forward. And I know we've said, I must have written that exact headline. Ricky takes a big step forward 10 times in the last two years. Um, but I do think this is a big one. Two top tens in the last three, like you said, back yep. with Butch. Um, I'm excited for his, his, uh, and it couldn't come at a better time with all the live guys gone for the PJ tour. If we, if we get a Ricky resurgence, I think uh, the PJ tour has got to be throwing a party. I'll be honest. If he makes the resurgence, I will be extremely proud of him because he basically bet on himself if there was one guy that i would say was like god he's for sure a lock to go to live six months ago it would be ricky because he felt like all these other guys where the best moments of his career had passed him i'm a popular name i'm i'm going to be one of the most widely searched names yet i'm not one of the best players anymore let me take this easy hundred million dollars so that i show up on their seos whatever else <laughs> they're you know interested in and, and let me kind of mail it in and play eight events a year. I like I'm, I'm I'm I'll be super proud of him if he's able to continue this going to to, you know, get rid of Joe, who's a good friend, obviously a great caddy still. But they just needed to change, um, go back to Butch and kind of just stick it out and, and, and get his feet in the dirt and just keep going. So stick, um, stick, proud it, of out. Him. stick it out is the perfect phrase because, you know, you could go into hiding when you go through a slump like this. He's still he was still trying to qualify like local US Open qualifiers. He's still oh, yeah. signing every autograph after the round. So I think that's the stuff people don't appreciate about him. He gets made fun of because of all the sponsorships and he makes a ton of money and he doesn't even have like a major and only a couple PGA Tour wins. But he he faced the music last year for sure, a bunch. Um, so I, I appreciate that about him. I think you said it perfectly. I'll be very proud of him and and thrilled if if he um resurgence the resurgence uh, comes to fruition 
you got a nominee. Who's your golf guy of the week? I'm going to go with this uh, L.A. Rams punter, Matt Gay, who swapped jerseys with, with Max Homa at the game. I love it. That's that's Golf needs more of that stuff. I know it wasn't technically a jersey swap. Um, I guess a Travis Matthews polo jersey swap uh, yeah. for Max Homa. Love to see Max Homa. I don't know what you call it at NFL stadiums, field side, ring side, whatever. Um, yeah. Our guy is absolutely thriving. He's going to L.A. Rams games, and he's – basically on the field and he's exchanging uh jerseys with the punter so good for max homa but uh matt gay he's obviously a golf guy they know who uh they knew who max was so matt gay is my golf guy of the week big golf guy homa's come a long way since getting snubbed on the chicken tendies at applebee's <laughs> right <laughs> amazing even he was even you know he was big before then but he's absolutely blown up since getting denied chicken tenders at the jacksonville airport all right, before we get into the course this week, real quickly, I'm also going to give out another award, Tweet of the Week. I couldn't give it to you, Chris, because I got you on the show and it wasn't necessarily golf-related, even though deserving. Um, this was my favorite tweet that I saw from the weekend. This guy, I don't even know who this guy is, but this Keegan Bradley putt, oh my God, if you watch the entire two minutes of it, it's agonizing. I don't know what we're to do about... Um, What's this called again, this method? Aim point. Aim point, yeah. Um, we've got to somehow get a hold on this at <laughs> local like play. Like If I show up and some guy's pulling this on a four-footer, this is not what we need to go. 86 uh, and, and do an aim point, that, that's no Yeah, good. a bad look for the game. I wish uh, <laughs> he's he's got to kind of corral this a bit, but this gentleman here went viral, wrote this tweet of Keegan, and it's quite hard to believe. Not only does he step forward, he turns around and does the full walk back. I can't see, Chris, like, I, I'm, if I stand on a green, how am I going to tell how the putt's going to break by standing on a four over a four-footer like that? It's tough. Well, that's my favorite. That's one of the things I miss about uh dj and austin on tour is they would do this and austin faces oh. backwards and dj faces forwards and it always makes for an excellent screenshot um those two brainiacs kind of going yeah. at it on the aim point express as they call it so hilarious it's, it makes for a hilarious image and obviously a, a hilarious video too it's funny how putting can get into people's heads because this is obviously about a four foot putt um, and especially with DJ and Austin, it was always weird because he's like the fastest guy out of the fairway when there's so many factors to to take in from 200 yards. Where's the bunker? What's this cover? What's the green doing? He would just step up and hit it, but he'd be like paralyzed almost over a, a 10 foot putt. And I think he, part of his thinking, too, is like I make up all this time, you know, with my iron shots and driver. I'm allowed to take my sweet ass time up on the uh, up on the putting green. It was sweet ass time. That's for sure. All right. I'm going to give a quick, uh, quick little preview here at Congaree. You chime in at any time if you have anything to add. Uh, par 71, over 7,600 yards. That's long. However, I remembered it playing much shorter. And then when I looked at the data golf stuff, it looked like a few, like it averaged around 7,300 yards. I don't know if that's 100% accurate. Um, I know that, you know, the conditions lead it to play a little bit lower than that. But um, I have a hard time imagining that they tip this thing all the way back to 76.55 on most days. Tom Fazio, you know, masterpiece design, one of his better pieces of work, a billionaire's playground out there in Ridgeland, South Carolina. Uh, Bermuda fairways, oil slick Bermuda greens. Um, no rough to speak of. If there was rough, it'd be Bermuda as well. But they have these sandy waste areas. 
and water hazards that, that sort of frame in nearly every hole. Garrick Higo won in 2021. It's key stats I'm looking at for this week. I am going to put in driving distance a little bit. Uh, I think that it matters here. And even though the fairways are super wide, right, 50 yards wide, gives the ability for these guys to really take driver without caution and kind of just play bombs away, I think, without rough, without trees. And if you can take driver on every hole and you're one of the longer hitters and you can shorten each and every hole by 5, 10, 15, 20 yards, um, it becomes highly advantageous over 72 holes. Uh, strokes gain off the tee was was sort of corollary to success. Long iron proximity range. Sand saves are important here as well. It's very tough course to get up and down out of the tricky bunkers. Uh, Bermuda grass putting. I looked at some strokes gain numbers on difficult courses, given that Higo won this at minus 11. I expect it to be really firm conditions, which is obviously the way that the PGA tour achieves their difficulty rating, right? It's not, we've seen it before. It's not through the distance. It's not through the rough. Um, it's through the conditions and the short grass and, and how firm and quick the green surfaces are. Um, that's about all I got. You got anything to throw in there? Covered it all. I'm excited. I, I hope it plays firm and fast. Like you said, hope it plays tough that 11 under winning score. I mean, that's by PGA tour, but you know, by PGA tour standards, that's tough. Um, nowadays, I think I was just on Andy's pod. He made some similar good points. And also that this field is a little bit stronger, so we could get into the right. 14 under, 15 under range. But um, I'm excited. Back on East Coast time, we're going to have shot link data, a couple less things for everyone to complain about. So I think this is going to be a fun week. This place is beautiful. It's bougie. It's it's <laughs> only people like Stephen Hennessy get the, the types of people that get to play on this type of course, right? That's right. He He played it two years ago, like I want to say a month or two before the, the, the tour was there. So he got a nice little preview. He told us about that on the pod this morning as, uh, as expected. So, uh, he's a huge fan. Uh, the course looked fun last time. I remember watching a ton of it. So I'm excited to strap in. This is going to be the first week this fall where I'll have an eye on golf. Um, and not just straight football. Totally. All right, let's get to the betting board. Bringing up the odds checker grid here, big time field. 17 of the top 25 in the world make up the 78 players in this field. Your favorite, Rory McIlroy is back. John Rahm also back. First time we've seen a lot of these guys, especially guys who didn't play the President's Cup, like Rahm and Rory, basically since the Tour Championship. So, you know, a good seven-week layoff here. Scotty Scheffler is here as well. Coming off a little pickleball tournament at 14 to 1. JT 16 to 1. Matty Fitz 25 to 1. Sung J 26. Uh, I'll stop there, Chris. Is there anyone? It's Monday. You don't feel pressure to make picks, but anything that you've done so far, any guys you like or don't like in this sort of range? Um, <clears throat> this is a tough one. I'm usually a skip the top of the board guy, but what's been happening recently, the guys at the top of the board are, are getting it done. I know Keegan was not a top of the board guy, but before that, um, a couple guys at the top of the board. And I've been betting a, a bunch of guys at the top, which is unlike me. I bet Sungjae a few weeks ago. thought he might get it done at Shriners. Obviously, Cantley was right there and, and Tom Kim. So th- it's tough. It's tough to just, just skip over this part. Um, and he just made a great case for Justin Thomas, I thought. Fazio guy, he won at Southern Hills. Firm and fast conditions kind of play into his uh, wheelhouse. Yes. I know we said, 
you know, we haven't seen him since the tour championship, but Rom did win in Spain and kind of in dominant fashion. If, if I recall, Rory's yes. played a couple uh, events on the, on the European tour. So I, I'd love to say they're rusty, but I don't think they are. So again, mm-hmm. it's very hard to skip over these guys. I'm going to do that anyway. Um, and I hope it works out. Yeah, I have one bet in this range and I'm going to make it my best bet. Matty Fitz. Mm. Check out that pick there. I snagged that from your guys' cover. What an awkward pick there. Very on, awkward. Uh, your boy Danny Rapp's farewell <laughs> farewell piece there. Yeah, tough He's break. looking real weird, but he looks focused. Yeah. Uh, I've got some confidence in him this week. So 15th in driving distance. That's not normally a stat that you would highlight, but I think that it shows how far that he's come over the last year. I think that he can really kind of open it up, and, and he's gained a lot of speed with the driver. So I think that the the width of the fairways, it's actually going to be an asset for him uh, for the remainder of this season, the driving distance where it's not before. Difficult golf courses, obviously the U.S. Open comes to mind, but there's many other ones that he's played really well through the years. Uh, great putter on Bermuda grass, top five in the field, really proficient out of the sand as well as you see there. Um, 15th, 48th, 5th, recent form, 21st, 6th. Then there's the first at the U.S. Open. He did play this event back when it was the Palmetto in 2021, where he did finish top 10, gained like five strokes with the putter that week, was not so great on his iron play, but that's come around a long way. Um, look, I, there's, a, there's a lot of courses like down here, and I know he's a member at Bears Club that I'd say is kind of similar to this place in terms of, um, the width off the tee, the sandy waste area. So I think he should be familiar with it. I think that he he plays his best and is most comfortable now at this point living down here in Florida on these Bermuda grass surfaces. Uh, I'm going to make Matty Fitz the best bet. What do you think? I like it. That's a good case. Um, <clears throat> I won't be on it, unfortunately, but yeah. What's coming down the line here for you? 28 to 1, Sam Burns. Vic is there. Cam Young is at 30. Tommy Kim is at 30. Homa, 31. Best number available. Morikawa 35, Speed 35, Lowry 35. I'm sorry, Morikawa was 33. Any what about any of these guys? Anybody got your interest? I'm I'm starting with um Sam Burns. I think I'm gonna play the Bermuda angle, the southern, the southern boy angle. Um played really well at the President's Cup. I know the record didn't reflect that, but to that okay. I'd say he got unfortunately stuck with Scotty Scheffler, which sounds crazy to say for the world number one, but he played pretty bad that week. Burns was carrying them. Um, and that was after he had a couple whatever type starts um, at the end of the year. So I think he refound some form. He'll be on Bermuda. We know the guy can win. He's won at a pretty ridiculous clip over the last year. And I think this is a really good number. I know it's a great field, but you got guys like Sungjae who are red hot, who are, who are getting priced down at 18 to one. Um, and the Justin Thomases and the Rory's of the world. So I think this is a really good number for Sam Burns even though it's a stacked field, but I think the conditions should, should play into his favor. And he's coming off a pretty, pretty strong week at Quail Hollow. And I am going to go to Cam Young. Andy just sold me on him. You also just sold me on him with the driving distance um, take. I think Cam will be bombing it all over the place here. Um, Also played well at Southern Hills, the Fazio course. So did your boy, Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, as we may recall that week. So Cam Young, Sam Burns for me. And then I am going um, technically he's before these guys. If you're going by DraftKings odds, I am going with our boy Jordan Spieth there at 22 Ooh. to one, although you can find him, uh, 33 to one. It looks like, is it a president's cup thing? Like, did you think he really found something there? Or what are you looking at? Like, where do you think Spieth can kind of like 
is it just a bet I on think the it was, upside? It was, it was the 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 putter at the President's Cup for me because that yes. was the that was the thing last year. You know, totally. during his his actual slumps a few years ago was okay. The putter's still there. Can he just figure it out with the irons one week? Which obviously is much harder to to figure out kind of on a whim. Last year it was the putter that was kind of holding him back, keeping him from contending a lot. Um, he made everything he saw at Quail Hollow. So maybe he found a little magic with that putter. Similar to Burns, you're getting a great number here on a guy who just played really well at the President's Cup. And then my my co-host Steve made a great point on our pod this morning. Where did Spieth's last win come? South Carolina, Bermuda mm, Course, RBC Heritage. Got to be creative at that place. I think you'll see. Um, I know you said driving distance is big. I think the Bombers will play well, but I do think up near the greens here, creativity will come into play. Spieth will be fully engaged. So I do I do like him for this place. Absolutely. The short game and the, and the putter specifically was fantastic at the President's Cup. You mentioned Burns, who I like a lot. The number one putter in this field on Bermuda grass over the last 36 rounds. And Cam Young's an interesting one. I was almost there. I worry. Here's my only concern. He's so awesome off the tee. He's the best player in the field. I think he's better than Rory off the tee. My thing. Is it like mitigated a little bit when when you have 50 yard wide fairways and would you rather see as like distance come into play at a place with 25 or 30 yard fairways they're 17 yards wider i just think that a lot of the guys that you know when we're talking distance between rory and cam and and these other guys it's it's maybe five to ten yards which is great but i think his best asset is that he can hit it 315 and he's straight as a fucking arrow yeah it's a good point. Still a good pick, though. I like them both. My guy here, I took Shane Lowry. So I got three. thirty-five to one. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of playing a little bit of a Florida narrative as well. He's always played yep. well in in South Carolina. Also, with the Heritage is one of his better spots. Also, one of Matt Fitzpatrick's favorite spots there. Um, awesome out of the sand. I have him as the number one player in sand saves in the field. Really good in terms of strokes gained total on difficult scoring conditions. He's top. I think I have him fourth here and he's a good long iron player. So where he does lack a little bit of that pop off the tee um, from like 175 to 225 yards, he's one of the better iron players in the field. I am a little bit worried. I'm not sure how many, how many European tour events he's sort of played, but have seen a little bit of a layoff with him. Um, So that was my sort of only concern, but I felt like the number was decent there at 35 to one. Uh, that warranted a bet. So him and Fitz are my two guys. You got Burns, Young, Spieth, all stacked up there in the high 20s and early 30s. I think this is the, this is probably the section it, it comes from this week, and you, you just yeah. got to pick two or three guys and hope and hope you pick the right one. Yep, you might have got me on Cam Young. I, mm-hmm. I'm close. I was almost there, and then I worried about the off the tee. And then the other part of it is like, Sometimes I'm weird, dude, where I see like people early in the morning are like, oh, I got a 35 to one. And then I see it and it's like 28 to 30. And I'm like, can I really give up those five points? Poisoned. It is poisoned. I'm the same way. Moving on. Uh, Hideki, 40 to one. Terrell Hatton's 40 to one, who was actually awesome here last time around. I think second. I think second. Yes, he was 10 under. Um, Billy Ho's 45. Keegan is back off a of victory, 45 to 1. Aaron Wise, popular pick at 50. Montgomery, 50. Connor, 65. McNeely, 66. Grio, 70. I will pause right there. 
Um, you have those three bets sort of in the 30 range. Anyone in this 30 to 60 got your attention? No, I was going Hatton. Andy sold me on Cam Young. Um, but it'll be tough to lay off Hatton, especially if there's a 40 on the uh, my uh, local book, as, as people like to call it. Um, if I can get a good number on Hatton, I'll definitely add him. But for now, I'm sticking with those three. If I had to add somebody, it would be Hatton. Not only because of the... Uh, you know, finishing second here a few years ago, but um, been playing well recently. Didn't have the best week at Zozo. I think he finished pretty strong, though, two, two under 68 or 69 on Sunday. Worried a little about the the uh, the flight from Tokyo, guys. That 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 could be interesting. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that goes. Cam Young obviously was playing there. So was Hatton. So um, that could play a factor. Could not. Who knows? Um, but if, if it was anybody here, it would be Hatton for me. Got it. Um, I thought about Aaron Wise. I'm just I never really bet him, so I'm not going to when he gets super popular. I've passed on this range completely as well. I got a couple dart throws down here. Um, I'll kind of just open it up over 75 to 1 to see anyone else that you like. I'll give you mine first. I took Cam Davis, 81. I'm a sucker for Cam Davis. I will bet him at this number. I think that he's got a breakthrough season coming this year. Um, he's so good in the fact that he's like top seven in driving distance. And he's also one of like the top five wedge players in this field, which um, I've been harping on for a while. I just think is a really unique skill set that we've seen players like DJ and, and Brooks in his prime. Really? Like if you're a really long off the tee and you're a great wedge player, if you're top five, top six in both of those categories, you're going to find spots on the PGA tour. You're going to have wins. Um, also really good putter. So those three things kind of go for me, maybe some Australian sand belt corollary things here going on with the way this kind of course is designed. And my other guy was at hundred to one. He's now at 80 and it's just sort of a flyer on Keith Mitchell was surprised and somewhat encouraged about how he played in Vegas. Um, this is kind of his wheelhouse. We're back on Bermuda. He can get a little loose with the driver at times, but he hits it plenty far. So I think this should be a good golf course for him. Um, those are my two bombs. You got Ricky there. If you really want to go back, I, I'm a little worried after the second place in Tokyo, but, uh, anyone here that, that is worth a bet for you, Mr. Powers? Yes. I think you can't go wrong with Keith Mitchell, those type of guys, the Southern okay. guys, the Bermuda guys. I might, I might be on Keith. You might've sold me on that one. I'm going to Davis Riley at hundred to one. This is a guy who was like 40 to one a few weeks ago. I know in weak fields. Um, and now everyone's kind of hopped off because he hasn't really shown anything. He had a really good weekend at Zozo. I think he went 67, 68 on the weekend. So coming in with a little momentum. And now we're getting him at this crazy price. Almost one at Valspar, another uh, Bermuda type course. Um, so I like Riley. I like your Mitchell call. I do. I'm going to have a tough time laying off Sepp Straka because he's been so good these last few starts on Bermuda yeah. courses. I know he played great at TPC Southwind um, and obviously a couple weeks ago too, wherever that was. Um, it's crazy to see these Harris English numbers, these Webb Simpson numbers. I'm not on either of those guys, but again, you can make a case for those two. And then I had one, oh, Trey Molinax. I think I think this is a little bit of a Trey Molinax course. He's down there at 180. Yeah, so it's Riley, um, Chris Kirk. Chris Kirk's my other one. I, I'm just a Chris Kirk addict. And uh I'll go to him at 150. So Kirk, Molinax, Davis, Riley, and you might have sold me on Keith Mitchell. 
Some big variances here. Another one that I kind of just glanced over and thought about was was Willett, just because he played well at the Fortinet. I think that these courses down here, when we see him like at a Honda Classic, like at an Arnold Palmer, like at Augusta, yeah. like I think these courses are where he's going to find his most success. It's where he's most comfortable around the greens. Um, obviously, just played well, lives in Jacksonville now, so should be very familiar with the area and sort of the, the climate and the conditions as well. And he's he's 140 to one on Fanduel and 300 to one on uh, DraftKings. That like that's crazy. that's a gap right there that you may be able to take advantage of in terms of a top 20, top 40 number. Um, we were supposed to run this podcast live here, Chris, as the Guardians took on the <laughs> Yankees. We're currently in a rain delay. Um, give me a take on Game Five. Are we going to get this thing in tonight, or are we looking at starters back on the mound tomorrow? Man, I, that that's why I do hope they get it in tonight because I would imagine you guys go to Beaver tomorrow yes. night. So have to. I think the Yankees are probably pushing very hard for this game to go tonight. They've got Jamison Tyone on the mound. Cleveland's got a bullpen it, so I'm yep. sure they're going to wait this thing out as long as they can. I'm sure the Guardians are saying, "Hey, we we'll play tomorrow. All good with us." So. But either way, now you got to go to Houston Wednesday night, whichever team. Your yeah. bullpen's going to be shot. Your aces are going to be shot. So um, we'll see. I hope it gets in tonight. I have no idea what's going to happen. That's kind of the beauty of an elimination game. Yankees are obviously favored, but if you go down, you know, that Stephen Kwan dude who never swings and misses, if he gets on base, they make some fireworks happen in the first inning. Suddenly we're down 2 nothing, and I'm, and I'm ready to crawl into a hole and, and die. So. Um, excited though elimination game that's what it's all yeah. about elimination game uh hopefully we get it in tonight glad we didn't have to i didn't have to like ruin like four innings for you while we do this um but i appreciate you man any anything else what else you got going on this week that uh people can check out just check out the pod it is the loop podcast now unfortunately be right is is no more we uh we kind of oh. shifted to yeah it's not a separate pod it's, it is the be right pod it's called the loop pod podcast now Got it. And we had Patrick Harrington on this week. And I'm not just saying this because it was my podcast. He was incredible. There's nobody nobody better at talking golf, golf swing, the state of golf, all of that. We covered everything. He could have gone on for an hour. We let him go after 30 minutes. He was incredible. Um, so please go listen to that. You guys get the best <laughs> run of guests. Like I get, I'm so jealous of you all the time, but you guys have great little camaraderie and like uh you know kind of poking at each other which i always find enjoyable you steven and alex do a great job over there what a pleasure man thank you for coming on for i believe the second time on preferred lines it is always great to talk to you chris uh enjoy the game tonight enjoy giants fan huge i yeah, am enjoy the giants just limited. being five and one yeah so i was um i'm in turmoil man this Browns, Browns. team. i saw your brownies i uh I look, I've maintained like positivity around like one in 15 teams. <laughs> this team's gutless. They got no heart. I don't, I don't know if I can do it anymore. It's becoming uh, no. to the point where I feel like it could be taking years off my life. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I've already bet it. We do NFL picks on the show. I love Cleveland this week, getting a touchdown and a half, I think, division game. I think they'll play it tough. Season on the line type game. They got Cincy yep. next week, then a bye week. Deshaun's lurking. This is this is pretty much gut check time, or it's Deshaun's lurking, or it's two and fifteen time. Literally, this game. Yeah, 
It's all on the line. Um, <laughs> well, you're you're in. You're having a great season. Uh, wish you the best of luck in everything that you Thank do. You. Thanks for coming on, bud. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, man. At C Powers fourteen. What a dude. What a dude. All right. Um, yeah, let's talk a little quick final thoughts. So <clears throat> great to have him on. Was thinking about this this week and wanted to just kind of put this out there. Thoughts I had. I had a tough Saturday and Sunday um, dealing a lot at home with with a five and a two year old can really test your patience at times. Um, and I was just found myself getting upset at things they were doing. And I really wasn't things that they were doing. It was things that that I was allowing to affect me negatively and test my patience. And um, anyone else who's got kids this age know that this has happened, know that this is a normal thing. Um, and I just had to kind of talk myself through it and take some time to enjoy and and laugh at some of it. And, and not everything has to be so serious and you have to be so um, instrumental and, and influential and basically trying to control everything that a five-year-old is going to do. So I was watching the Browns game. What happens when I watch the Browns game? Sometimes I use some colorful language that gets out of hand. Um, and he heard that, right? And so he said something later, we were talking about, uh, we were riding back from the store and I was talking about Captain Planet and he was like, I don't want to hear about fucking Captain Planet. And I'm like, what? I got so mad. Dude, threatened to like wash his mouth out with soap. I'm furious. I'm like, you cannot use those words. That is not for a five-year-old. So then I'm putting him to bed. I'm just, I've had it for the day, right? And he's like, pop. I'm going to tell you the three words that I'm going to say them to you, but I know that you can't say them, but I'm going to say them just so, so you understand that I know the three words you can't say. I'm like, okay, what are the three words? He's like, stupid. I'm like, yes, you do not call your sister stupid. I get very upset with that. He's like, the other one is poop because this teacher hates me. Says, I'm like, you could say poop. Just don't say it in school. You could say poop, though. I'm not going to get mad at you about poop. It's like, and the third one is fucking. <laughs> And I just, I lost it. I lost it. I told my wife, I started cracking up. And I'm like, dude, you, you cannot say that. Um, and I think he just hears me yell at the Browns too much. But it, it brought me, it was like a moment that I think that I needed and to just understand that they're kids and they're they're here to frustrate you and just enjoy the moments and stop trying to be so correct and everything. And if they make mistakes here and there, uh, work with them. So anyone who's out there that got kids, I just wanted to kind of share that moment that I thought was pretty funny from my son, who's the best in the world. Thank you all. You're the best in the world. If you think this podcast is any good, go ahead and give it a like and a subscribe. Um, trying to get the YouTube profile up. If you can jump over there to the YouTube page, Dave, I see you here. Um, thank you for the shouts. Thank you for the comments. I know that you're saying that um, I, 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 you're young. Get out now. You have an entire lifetime. Get out now. This is on the Browns thing. Listen, it's going to be a tough sell, Dave. Um, I'm closer than I've ever been, though. Not there quite yet. We'll see how the rest of the season goes. I appreciate you, Dave. Anyone who's checking this thing out, uh, subscribe to the YouTube page. This was Preferred Lines. Enjoy the Congaree. Hope you hit a winner. Peace out, gang. <laughs>